ladies and gentlemen, in your lifetime and in my lifetime, we have gone all the way in the culture from Madonna singing Papa Don't Preach into the churches and the churches are saying preachers don't preach. The time will come when they will have itching ears and they will turn their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables myths. But Paul gives a word concerning apostasy and with a note of urgency he says to the young preacher, Preach the word! That's what God wants the preacher to do in this day. One twenty-two. Shall any teach God knowledge, seeing he judges those that are high? If God could now, tomorrow, or ever, in any manner, or in any way, learn anything he does not already sovereignly know, he has known and will forever know, then he would be an imperfect God and would be less than himself. To think of God learning something or adding to his knowledge or discovering something he did not always know, past, present, and future, is to think of some other creature and not of the God of knowledge, our Savior. Now, God knows instantly and effortless all matter and all matters, all minds and every mind, all spirits and every spirit, all being and every being. God knows all creaturehood and all creatures, every plurality and all pluralities. All law and every law. God knows all relations, all causes, all thoughts, all mysteries, all feelings, all desires, every unuttered secret, all thrones and dominions, all personalities, all things visible and invisible, in heaven and in earth. God knows all space, motion, all time, all life, all death, all good, all evil, all heaven, all hell. Hallelujah. God knows it all. Through the bright mirror of his own holy nation essence, he has complete knowledge of all things. The world and all that therein is to him is no more than a transparent body. Revelation 2.23 says, I am he which searches the reins and the heart. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Glory. Amen. Glory. 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 Every word we have spoken, we'll speak now or ever. He already knows it. Psalm 139, 4. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. You cannot have a thought, a secret, a subtle thought, a thought so hidden in your innermost being that you're afraid to think about it. But that God knows it. It is not hidden from him, neither can be. Isaiah 66, 18. For I know their works and their thoughts. Thoughts speak as loud as words in God's sight. God knows whatever is knowable and can be known. God knows all future happenings of nations, rulers, men, people, and nature and creatures as to the time, place, cause, and effect, and the purpose. For so he has decreed it to be. There are no accidents with God. There are no change happenings with God. God foretold Israel's coming out of Babylon and of the Virgin Mary conceiving by the Holy Ghost. God's eternalness is proven by his foretelling all things as to when, where, why, and how. He's the God of knowledge. So notice the word says, show the things that are come here after that we may know your God. God is the original, the pattern, and the prototype of all knowledge. 
all others by their knowledge from him. The angels light their lamps at this glorious time of everlasting knowledge. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Glory. Glory. Amen. Praise God. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Amen. God's holy knowledge is pure and undefiled and cannot be polluted or contaminated with the object or any object. God knows sin, but it is to hate it and to punish it. No evil or pollution of knowledge can ever mix or incorporate with his knowledge. And more, now listen, let me go that again. No evil or pollution of knowledge can ever mix or incorporate with his knowledge any more than the sun shining on a dung heap could be defiled with the vapors that arose from it. God's knowledge is without effort our struggle. We hunt for, we pray for, we search for, and study to gain knowledge. But in Proverbs 2, 3, and 5, listen, Yea, if thou Christ have the knowledge, and lift us up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hidden treasure, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. God restfully knows all things. God knows nothing better than anything else. But he knows all things perfectly as they can be known. God never makes any discoveries. God is never amazed. God never wonders about anything, for he knows all things. Amen. God is never odd. God never blunders. God is never confused. God is never defeated. God is never emptied. God is never fooled. <laughs> glory, 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 glory. Amen. That's our God. That's our Jesus. Hallelujah. God is never goaded. God is never helpless. God is never insecure. God is never jostled. God is never knowledgeless. God is never limited. God is never mistaken. God is never nonchalant. God's never overcome. God is never powerless. God is never in a quandary. God is never restrained. God is never short-handed. God is never tired. God is never uncertain. God never varies. God never wavers. And God is never surprised. Hallelujah. God is eternally self-existent and self-contained and knows what no other creature in three worlds can know. He knows himself perfectly. 1 Corinthians 2.11, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Now God's knowledge is so infinitely bright, perfect, and complete that all things are known to him. God's knowledge is so infallible, he cannot make a mistake. He cannot misjudge or listen. He cannot now or ever not know all things completely. He completely knows all things. God cannot deceive because he's all truth. God cannot be deceived because he's all wisdom. 
God's knowledge is eternally and everlastingly instantaneous at once. God's knowledge is, thank God, amen, is not acquired as our knowledge because God's knowledge is eternal knowledge. And it always has been, it was, it is, it ever shall be. But our knowledge is acquired by learning one thing after another. God's never learned anything. He forever knew all that can be known by his present future. He knew it all at once. What all the minds on earth think at the same time, whether it be man or beast or worm or fowl or fish or an insect, God knows what each is thinking individually and separate from the other, and yet he knows what all are thinking as a whole. What a, praise the Lord, what a God. What is the doctrine as taught in God's Bible concerning his knowledge? Now, what is the doctrine in the Bible concerning God's knowledge? First, it is that God's knowledge and understanding is infinite, without bounds or limits. He possesses all knowledge. First Samuel 2, 3. The Lord is a God of knowledge. Now man's knowledge is but a fleeting spark from the fire, a grain of dust blown by the wind, and worse than there's nothing in comparison to the knowledge of God. God knows what all the angels, the seraphims, and the cherubims know. God knows what man knows and infinitely more. God knows himself. God knows his operations. God knows his creatures. God knows the thoughts. The Lord Jesus Christ, who is God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, knows when the sparrow falls to the ground in his presence, that it might die in peace. Thank God, what a Savior. He knows the thoughts and the joys of the beautiful mockingbird perched on the topmost bough of the weeping willow tree, warbling his praises to God, and God's dire presence to receive its praises. Yea, Christ knows the thoughts the fears and the anxieties of the little creature of the sea which lives five miles below the ocean surface and has never seen light or will ever see light but lives in the deep crevices of the ocean floor and glorifies the God that made it yet it never moves or has a creature thought or dies in its lonely abode but that he knows it and is there to comfort it in its death. Hallelujah. God's knowledge is above all understanding. Mind above all minds the mind of mind, the light of all light. God's knowledge was, was not obliterated by the fall of man. God's knowledge fixed it so that it was necessary that sinful, depraved, and offended man knew that he had a holy creator whom he had injured, and that this holy, all-wise, and all-knowing God was his judge to try him and to punish him. God has kept this truth alive in the minds of men, or there would not have been any practice of his laws are no bar to the world of crime. If men thought they had to deal with a God that they did not, that did not know all things past, present, and future, there should be no practice of cruel religion. Amen. You better believe it. Who of us would lift up our hands and look toward heaven if we doubted for one moment that our God did not know all our sins, all our heartaches, and all of our problems, who had his eye on us to see us and his ears open to hear us? God's knowledge among men and nations owes not its rise to tradition, but to a natural impartation by the Almighty God. It was born and grew up with every rational creature. And our second question briefly is this, what kind of knowledge is there of God in his holy Bible? All right, first, in respect to things present, God's knowledge is called knowledge or sight. 
Number two, in respect of things past, his knowledge is called remembrance. Number three, in respect of things future or things to come, his knowledge is called God's foreknowledge. Now, God's knowledge is both speculative and practical. Speculative, speculative knowledge is when the truth of a thing is known without respect to any working or practical operation. God knows himself, but it does not stop there. It flowers into an eternal love of delight and love of himself. This knowledge of God, of himself, is naturally and necessarily. God cannot but love himself and delight in himself upon the knowledge of himself who is holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, having neither beginning nor ending. The practical knowledge of God is the principle of working about all things known, visible, and invisible. In Colossians 1, 16 and 17, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is above all things, and by him all things consist. Now the knowledge of operation and practice is in God. The things that he has decreed terminate in their creation and their operation, which is not a natural or a necessary act, but it is wholly free. God does only that which he pleases and wills to do. For it was at his liberty whether he would create them or not create them. This is called God's discretion, the power, the will, and the ability to choose or not to choose, to do or not to do, to create or not to create. Jeremiah 10, 12 says, He has made the earth by his power. He has established the world by his wisdom and has stretched out the heavens by his discretion. Now then, we know that practical knowledge is God's knowledge of his creatures that he created and his knowledge and power to govern them for his glory and the creature, creature's best good and benefit. Philippians 1, 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. Now God's knowledge is a knowledge of affection. Affection implies knowledge. You cannot have affection without knowledge. Men cannot approve and be affectionate toward that that they're ignorant of. God is not ignorant of us. He knows us now. He knew us in the dateless past. He'll know us forever. He knows what is best for me and will not permit it unless it is so. Amos 3, 2. You only have I known of all the families of the earth. 1 Timothy 2, 19. The Lord knoweth them that are his. God not only knows us, but acknowledges us as his own. It would be to wipe out the scriptures and demolish the deity. Zechariah 3, 9 speaks of God's seven eyes, denoting his perfect knowledge of all things and all occurrences in the world and all worlds. For behold, the stone that I have laid before Joshua upon one stone shall be seven eyes. Ezekiel 1, 18, as for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes round about them. Now God knows our frame and remembers that we are dust. He knows our fallen and totally depraved nature. He knows our hearts are deceitful, and yet, for his own sake and glory, he engaged our salvation and saved us for his name's sake. Isaiah 48, verse 8. Yea, thou heardest not, yea, thou knewest not, yea, from that time that 
that thine ear was not open, for I knew that thou wouldst deal very cautiously, and was called a transgressor from the womb. For my name's sake will I deliver my will I deliver my anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. For mine own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it. And how should my name be polluted? And I will not. Far does it reach. Children, God knows himself. None other can know him. And his knowledge and his understanding are infinite. That's why, as we gather here tonight, we do not panic. We have a God. He knows all. He knows me. He knows you. He knows when you were born. He knows when you'll die. He knows every hair on your head. He knows every footstep you take. He knows. He knows. He said one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. This year will soon be over, 365 days in our lives, which will be 365,000 years in God's mind. Because he said a day is as a thousand years. So this year, I'll live 365,000 years. And if I make it and live 70, God promised me three score and ten. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And if I live 70 years, in God's sight, I have lived 25,550,000 years. No wonder some of us looking a little old. But I'm glad, children, that my God knows all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Our God is one God, and yet it's three. Hallelujah. He's God the Father, and God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Neither confounding the persons, nor dividing the subjects. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Ghost. But the Godhead of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost is all one. The glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Ghost. The Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, and the Holy Ghost uncreated. The Father incomprehensible, the Son incomprehensible, and the Holy Ghost incomprehensible. The Father eternal, the Son eternal, and the Holy Ghost eternal. And yet they're not three eternals, but one eternal. As also there are not three incomprehensible, not three uncreated, but one uncreated and one incomprehensible. So likewise, the Father's Almighty, the Son's Almighty, and the Holy Ghost is Almighty. And yet they're not three Almighty, but one Almighty. So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Ghost is God, and yet they're not three gods, but one God. Hallelujah! I'm feeling the river rise again. So likewise, the Father is Lord, and the Son is Lord, and the Holy Ghost is Lord. And yet they're not three lords, but one Lord. For like as we are compelled by the Christian verity to acknowledge every person by himself to be God and Lord, so we are forbidden by the New Testament religion to say there be three gods or three lords. I ain't God the Father is made of none, neither created nor begotten. The Son is of the Father alone, not made nor created but begotten. The Holy Ghost is of the Father and of the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeding. So there's one Father, not three fathers. There's one Son, not three sons. There's one Holy Ghost, not three Holy Ghosts. And in this chronic trinity, thank God, none is the four or after the other. None is greater or less than the other. But the whole three persons. 
persons are co-eternal together and co-equal. So that in all things, as is aforesaid, the unity and trinity and the trinity and unity to be worshipped. Hallelujah! What a God we've got! Glory! Amen! Praise the Lord! And furthermore, let it, it is necessary to everlasting salvation that he, all souls who is a Christian believe rightly the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God of all knowledge. For the right faith is in that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is God and man. God of the substance of the Father, begotten before the world, and man of the substance of his mother, born in the world. Perfect God and perfect man of a reasonable soul and a human flesh subsisting, equal to the Father's touching his Godhead, hallelujah, who although he be God and man, yet, thank God, he is not two but one Christ. One not by the conversion of the Godhead into flesh, but by the taking of the manhood into God. One altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by unity of person. For as the reasonable soul and flesh is one man, so God, hallelujah, and man is one Christ, who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again the third day from the dead, Thank God, brother, great company redeemed with him, came back for the way of the tomb, resurrected his own body, stepped back in it, and stepped out on resurrection ground and shouted till the foundations of hell jumped up and down on the foundations, and he cried with a clarion voice of divine authority, Behold, I hear the was dead, and amen, I'm alive forevermore. Thank God, and I have the keys of death and hell. He sitteth on the right hand of the Father, God Almighty, from which he shall come to judge and the quick and the dead, and whose coming all redeemed men shall rise again with their bodies, and shall give an account for their own words. They thank God, thank God, hallelujah. God the Father is all knowledge, God the Son's all knowledge, God the Holy Ghost is all knowledge, and yet there are not three all knowledgeables, but one all knowledgeable. Hallelujah. For the three's one and the one three. Without the knowledge of himself, God could not be blessed. Without the knowledge of himself, God could have created nothing. God could govern nothing if he did not know himself. God could not, without the knowledge of his own holiness and righteousness, prescribe laws and ordinances for men to keep. Nor could he, without the knowledge of himself, order a man or worship that glorifies him and enriches his creature. God knows himself first. God knows himself and all other things at once. God is the first truth. The Almighty God, the Lord Jesus Christ, knows himself by his own essence. Nothing in his nature is concealed from him. He reflects everything that he is. If one thing could be known that God did not know, it wouldn't be God. God knows all things he's created before they were created. God knows all things past. Hallelujah. God knows all things past if they, as if they were now present. And all things future as if they were now past. But all things are present to his knowledge now. God's knowledge of the past is his remembrance. Hallelujah. In Genesis 30, 22, God remembered Rachel's prayer for a child. The word says, and God remembered Rachel, and God hearkened to her and opened her womb. God remembers every tear that you ever shed. When you shed that tear, why you shed it, and his Holy Ghost comfort and deliverance from those tears. In Psalms 56, 8, thou tellest my wandering, put, a, put a, thou my tears into thy bottle, are they not in thy book? 
God remembers the price of the wicked. Job 14, 17 says, My transgression is sealed. Up in a bag and thou sowest up mine iniquity. God knows all things present. Hebrews 4, 13, But all things are naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. God knows all his creatures from the highest to the lowest, from the least to the greatest. And through his divine and sovereign knowledge, he works all things for their glory, or for his glory and their benefit. God knows every beast. God knows every bird. God knows every crawling creature. God knows every drop of rain. God knows every hailstone. God knows every snowflake. God knows every speck of dust that gets in your eye. God knows every time you have a heartache. God knows every time you're headache. God knows every time you're lied on. God knows every grain of sand upon the seashore. God knows every step I take. God knows every breath I breathe. God knows everything that hurts me. God knows everything that harms me. God knows everything that harasses me. God knows everything that hinders me. God knows uh, my down sittings and my uprising. God knows my soul. God knows my mind. God knows my body. And fine, God, God knows what I do under every circumstance and guides me by his all sovereign hand, lest I would fall under the circumstance and save me, thank God, by his grace. Hallelujah. So he saves me by his grace, washes me in his blood, fills me with the Holy Ghost, gives me his word to reveal himself to me, puts his angels round about me to keep me in all my ways, and told me in Luke 10, 19, that nothing should by any means hurt me. The Almighty God, our Savior, Christ the Lord, knows all our actions and all of our thoughts. Thank God. He knows all things in heaven and the heaven of heaven. God knows all things on earth. God knows all things under the earth. God knows all the dead. Those that were buried in graves, those that have been consumed by fire, those blown into nothingness on the battlefield, those drowned at sea, those that were devoured by animals, those that were burned at the stake, those that were fed to the line. But thank God not one of them will ever be lost in God's sight, although their bodies have returned to dust and the ashes and the gases, he who is all knowledge will in the fullness of time come speak, and all the molecules and all the atoms of everybody that ever walked upon the face of this earth shall be brought back together glorious resurrection. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. All right, now then, quickly in closing, what is the knowledge of God to his children? The knowledge of God to his children is a comfort beyond compare or description. All your adversaries are known to God. When you, when you enter into your closet to pray to thy Father in secret, he hears every sigh and every groan. Psalm 38, 9, my groaning is not hid from thee. He knows all that touches thee. His eyes, the eyes of God pierced to the depths of hell. Not one of your adversaries can flee to the remotest regions of the damned. Not one of your adversaries can flee to the subterranean regions of the darkness and hide behind some smoldering stone in hell and hide from the eyes of God if that demon or that devil or that dude or that darling of the devil has been after you. God knows where they're hiding and in the fullness of time he'll crack them down. He'll bring them to the judgment and he'll demand their execution. Yes, he'll crack your enemies. He'll crack your enemies down. God, the heavenly bloodhound, will trace them to the remotest parts of hell and punish every demon, every devil that ever laid a hand upon you or tried to harass you. God said. 
in Psalm 69 and 19, mine adversaries are all before thee. Not one of your adversaries, your enemies, are those jealous of thee, can make one move or say one word or plant one stumbling block in thy way, but that he knew it before the foundation of the world and promised you his sufficient and overcoming grace when it did come. God knows all of their rages against thee. God knows every word they've ever spoken against thee to hurt thee. Therefore he cried in Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against thee in the judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. God's knowledge is a comfort to the saints in case the saints have not a clear knowledge of themselves. They like Isaiah see themselves so corrupt that they judge themselves to have no grace. Genesis 25 through 22 said, If it be so, why am I thus? The believer cries, If I have grace, O Lord, why is my heart so dead? Why am I so depressed? Why am I so despondent? Why have I no joy? Why have I no assurance? Remember, child of God, God is of infinite knowledge. He can spy grace where we cannot. God can see that holiness in thee, which we cannot see or discern in ourselves. God can and does see the wee flower of grace in thy heart, though it may be overtopped with the weeds of adversity. He said in 1 Kings 14, 13, because in him there is found some good thing toward the God of Israel. God knows that good thing in thee. Hallelujah. God sees some good thing, some work of grace in his people when they can see no good in themselves. God comforts his saints in their personal injuries. It is the Christian's lot to suffer. The head that's crowned with thorns will not tread upon rose petals, but it will not suffer without his knowledge, without his grace, without his presence, and without his deliverance. In Exodus 3, 7, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and have heard their cry by reason of the taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. The Christian is a part of the mystical body of Christ, and for every drop of faint blood shed, God puts another drop of wrath in his vial to be poured upon the wicked. God has knowledge of an, of an eye on, on all the counsels and combination of the wicked against his people. The wicked never meet. The amalgamated forces of hell never meet and plan in their hellacious plan to upset God's program and to harass the saints. They never meet. God is present and knows their plans and knows their thoughts and knows their moves and knows what they're going to do and knows how to protect you. And before they ever get there, he sent the guardian angel to stand round about you and cover you with the blood and sent the Holy Ghost to comfort you and nothing shall bind him and touch you or hurt you or harass you or harm you except under the watchful eye of God. And he said, I'll not suffer you to be tempted above what you're able to bear. Thank God. Nothing the wicked can say, nothing the wicked can do, nothing the wicked can imagine against one of God's little ones is unknown to God, and he'll not suffer you to bear more than what he allows. He cannot, he will not forget his own. God hath knowledge and infinite understanding of the exact number of all the individual persons that belong to him, and not one of them ever gets out of his sight. Not one of them, thank God, can go beyond his reach of grace. 
or beyond his reach of love. There's never been a battle so long and so dark and so cold and so filled with the amalgamated forces of hell, but that God said, I'll take you by the hand and lead you through to the promised land. But First Timothy 2.19 says, the Lord knows them that are his. He knows them because he not only made them, but he chose them. God could no more choose. He knew not what that he could create what he knew not what. God knows his children under two titles. He knows them as creatures of his creation and as new creatures by a particular act of redemption. The Lord Jesus cannot be ignorant of his redeemed ones in time. Who, when he foreknew them in eternity, Christ cannot be ignorant of those whom he foreknew in eternity, redeemed in time, numbered the hairs of their heads, counts their footsteps, and has registered, registered their names in the Lamb's Book of Life before he made worlds. As Christ knew them from all eternity past to elect them, so he knows them in time to clothe them in his righteousness, to protect them, thank God, in their calamities according to his good plan. The Just Good Preaching Podcast is an Unseen Hand Media production. This podcast is on all the most popular podcasting apps, so be sure to subscribe. And while you're at it, be sure to stop over on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review so that others can find these messages. For more information about the Just Good Preaching Podcast and many other podcasts, go to ronniebrown.net forward slash unseen. That is ronniebrown.net forward slash unseen. Thank you so much for listening.